Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Trust is out. Maybe Boris Johnson is in. This story out of the UK does matter. It does affect markets. It affects, well, a fair amount of things. Meanwhile, in the US, the Dow is up over 400. Then again, the treasuries are down. Why? The Fed might not be doing three quarter percent rate hikes going forward. That's got them super excited. Tony Katz, what is up? Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY is how you get to be a part of the show. Liz Truss, Elizabeth Truss was the she was the, uh, the the prime minister of the UK for 45 days. Now, she won't actually resign until next week when the conservatives have somebody else. She took over for Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson, it was scandal after scandal after scandal regarding people involved in his, um, in his cabinet. Right? That's what happened there. The people in his cabinet... Well, this one did this wrong, and that one did that wrong, and this guy was connected to this, and that guy. These things do happen. These things do happen. And I don't think there were people who were thrilled to see him go. I think that there were plenty of people in the conservative uh, party who were absolutely positively fine with him, wanted him to stay, wanted him to stick around sometimes you you can't quite comprehend how much a scandal is going to take you how how it's going to be responded to by people certainly you have to recognize when the 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 other side smells blood in the water and when they do they're going to take what is known as advantage of that thing so two days before the death of the queen Boris Johnson is out. Liz Truss is there. Queen passes away. They deal with everything that's associated with that. And then Liz Truss goes about trying to deal with their country's economic issues. Their economic issues are great. Inflation is incredibly high. They have, of course, a huge problem with natural gas and energy in general because of what they were getting from Russia. Prices are going up. The interest rate is going up. And she says, I've got a plan. And together with her her, uh, treasury chief, they say, you know what? We are going to um, start bringing down uh, taxes and increase spending. And the market said, oh, this is nuts. And uh, the markets went crazy. Things got out of hand. The Bank of England got involved. They got involved to the tune of spending billions of pounds to buy bonds to get the market to calm down. To which Liz Truss says, well, I can't deliver 
on what I said I was going to deliver on. So, um, that's that. If I can't deliver on what I said I was going to deliver on, the thing that I said, this is what we're going to do, well, then then I'm out. I'm out, and we're done, and that's the end of the ballgame. And so she's like, I'm, I'm not here. Now, some people might actually say, wow, it's, uh, you, you, you knew it wasn't the job for you. It wasn't the thing that you can do. All right, so it's over. It's done. Goodbye. Well, now the question is who takes over? Who is going to take over for Liz Truss? And one of the names on the list is Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson may find his way back. The guy was swimming in, I don't even know where he was. He was, he was, um, you know, he, he was enjoying a little bit of a, a, a vacation. But now he's like, oh, I better, I better put on pants and not brush my hair because it's Boris Johnson. He never brushes his hair. That's what makes that so dang funny. And he's like, all right, I'll take this party uh, back. Thank you very much. Nigel Farage. Nigel, of course, is the man who brought you Brexit. Great Britain uh, leaving the European Union, which I still argue was the right move to make because one should have their sovereignty. He's saying that the Conservative Party is dead. Deader than dead. We can't, this party, we have to start all over. And he's like, I can't do it alone. I'm going to need help from this one, this one, this one, this one. He's trying to put together his own coalition. I don't know if that's going to work or not. But certainly, it's um, it's a something. <laughs> it is. So where does this leave the UK? Well, I don't think it it, it necessarily leaves um, you know le- leaves the 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 UK and in, in anything in any kind of um, bad spot. I don't think that's I don't think that's what it does. I think what it does is that leaves the UK looking a bit embarrassed. May, maybe to an extent a bit ashamed and eventually they'll have a uh, a, a new leader and that and that'll be it they'll have a new leader and that'll be done it will not be the end of, of days in the, in the slightest it just it just won't be And and that's absolutely correct. These things don't last forever. What happens to the UK? Well, they move on with their day. But it's fascinating that uh, one of the things that they didn't want to do, they did not want at all to cut their own taxes. I find that to be amazing. To me, that's the big one. But just like you're seeing the problems in the UK, we know we have the problems in the United States. And we know that when we see the market up 400 points, we know that's not indicative of real life. We know that there is uh, a a massive uh, chasm between Wall Street and Midwest Main Street. We are fully aware of this. 
Which brings us to this story that was out of the times. And we've talked about this before. That for the Biden administration, they cannot deny reality. And the reality is this economy is dreadful and they are anticipating the very worst. As has been reported by the Times, and I have the story here from from Daily Caller. Biden wants his team to get ready for an economic crash similar to 2008. Oh, well then. What do you know about that? That's what we're now focusing on. That's uh, that's saying a lot. It's saying that the economy is absolutely in the bad place, only heading for the worst places. And even if the Fed were to be debating, remember, the, the market's up today because the Fed is debating the idea of slowing the interest rate hikes. Not there will be less interest rate hikes, just instead of being three quarters of a point, maybe being a half a point. But they've still got the federal funds rate target at 4.8. I think they moved it from 4.6 to 4.8. That's the percentage that banks charge themselves, uh, uh, the interest rate they charge in between banks to lend money. That's what that number is. Well, we're at 3 to 3.25 is the target, and we've got 30-year fixed mortgage at over 7%. Deals are not getting done. So we're clear. Deals are not getting done because interest rates are too high. And they can't afford to get the money. The cash is simply unobtainable. So we've got real issues. It prevents growth. Never mind what we're seeing uh, on the supply chain that we know about, uh, that we all know about, I should say. As a matter of fact, my, my beloved cigar world getting punched in the face. Cigar prices are going up everywhere. The vast majority of cigar manufacturers have increased prices. And you're like, what is this? How does this affect cigars? First, there's a whole conversation regarding immigration. So many people are leaving places like Nicaragua to try and get to the United States because they believe that it's open season in the U.S. They're leaving. Then you have things like boxes, cellophane that cigars sometimes go into for extra protection. The idea of of glue and how how that's utilized in the wrappers to keep everything together. It's a a biodegradable, smokable thing. It's it's not going to hurt you. You're fine. The actual cost of the tobacco itself. Nothing is immune to what it is we're experiencing. But that Biden is now saying that uh, I'm concerned about 2008. Well, then how does he explain just a couple days ago? There he was eating an ice cream cone saying everything's fine. How does he explain such a thing? The answer is, you can't explain such a thing. I'm not concerned about the Chancellor Bella. I'm concerned about the rest of the world. Does that make sense? Can you explain that? 
Yes. Our economy is strong as hell. Our economy is strong as hell, says ice cream cone eating Joe Biden. I don't know what you're worried about. Joe wants you to know that uh, everything's totally strong and totally fine. It's just you. But this is why he started saying things like, uh, if you think if you think inflation is bad now, you just wait if those Republicans take hold. It'll all be so much worse if the Republicans get to be in charge. It won't be worse. It'll be bad. But if we have a party in power that stops spending, things can get better. But not a single penny. No, I mean it. Not a single penny. If Republican wins, inflation is going to get worse. It's that simple. It's not that simple. It doesn't even make any sense. The spending is the problem. And you don't have to trust me. You don't have to believe me. It's not necessary. You could believe Congressman Clyburn. What do you say to people who say, boy, Washington can talk about all these big programs and everything else, but I'm worried about the cost of food. I'm seeing the cost of eggs shoot up, chicken, gasoline, you know, coming now with the the winter, the heating. I mean, these are all concerns that hit very directly to people who may say, you know, what's going on in D.C. doesn't think of us. Well, let me make it very clear. All of us are concerned about these rising costs. And all of us knew this would be the case uh, when we put in place this recovery program. Anytime you put more money uh, into uh, the economy, uh, prices uh, tend to rise. So if you add more money to the economy... If you put more money in, inflation goes up. Well, thank you, Congressman Clyburn. We knew this, but it's nice to hear maybe Democrats learn this for the first time. As if somehow they don't already know. The spending is the problem. Supply chain, these other things certainly have an effect, but it is the spending. It was the $1.9 trillion that helped exacerbate the situation. It was the so-called Inflation Reduction Act that helped exacerbate the situation. And if they are continued to allow to be in power, their ideology will continue to grow the inflation. Which means that not only should you be thinking about voting another way, you have to make sure you're staying on top of them. You have to stay focused on them because they, the Republican Party, if they don't bring down the spending, if they don't bring down the spending, we've got uh, we've got more problems and more problems and more problems because there won't be a place to turn. You think that the UK has issues. We're right there on the edge, baby. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Telling you something you already knew. Sorry, but it has to get said. Representative Ocasio-Cortez is a child. I have argued for a long time that I don't understand the people who make fun of her personally. I don't want to... I don't want to, you know, talk about her dating life or her fiance. I don't want to talk about what she's wearing. None of that matters. But when you go to the Met Gala 
uh, whatever, $25,000, a ticket, and, and you're wearing a, a, a dress that says tax the rich that was made by somebody who owes taxes, you're going to get mocked. And you deserve it. This is the part that matters so greatly. You deserve it. Everything that she has done to destroy herself, I mean, really, really ruin herself, she has done to herself. That cannot be said enough. She has ruined her her own reputation. She has done great damage. Great, great damage to herself. She's no longer interesting on social media. She comes across as not a person of the people who may actually care, who has a point of view. She's just this incredible snob. That's what she is. An incredible snob. Well, she's been having these uh, town halls, and she's been getting mocked by her constituents. I mean, mocked religiously. And uh, you're, you're leading us into war. And then they came to this last one, and they're chanting, hey, hey, ho, ho. AOC has got to go. That's their chanting. She... As they're chanting, it's kind of dancing along with it. These people are infuriated. They don't like what they're seeing from their representative. She's not left enough for them. I mean, in, in many ways, that's what we're talking about here. But she's dancing. If, if there was a Republican doing that, oh, how rude. Oh, how despicable. Oh, this is unacceptable. That would be all you'd hear. She does it. Not There's not a single bit of news. But it's worth noting. It is worth noting exactly how many people have just had enough of her crap. How many people have just had enough of everything she has to offer? She's an exhausting, exhausting person. And remember, while people are infuriated, she's dancing because that's what children do. Meanwhile, in Pennsylvania, there's a weird, weird race going on out there. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Now, I know that the uh, political left is very upset with America, not just people on the right, with America for noticing that Democratic Senate candidate in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, has a problem, that he had a stroke in May and he's still not okay, and that every time it comes up, what you get is this unbelievable attack on those who bring it up who rationally note that the man cannot complete a sentence, that his his conversations are not cogent in so many ways. You know what they get told? Maybe you're bad at small talk. That's what they said to Dasha Burns at NBC. Maybe you're the problem. You're an ableist because you're attacking somebody who has a disability. He had a stroke. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.Locals.com.
But all of a sudden in this race, you've got the interjection of his wife, Giselle Fetterman, who is the one engaging really in the interviews and the one saying, we don't even do the interviews. If you didn't check this out, if you didn't catch this, catch this. Mr. Uh, Fetterman, are are you satisfied with the progress of the bridge? That's his wife saying, we're not doing interviews. We're here to celebrate. Chris Stigall joins us right now. If you don't know the man from AM 990, The Answer in Philadelphia, he is the voice of reason in Pennsylvania. And dude almighty, it must be different seeing it from the front row view that Pennsylvanians have. Uh, What is the first, the take on Fetterman uh, writ large? Do people think, oh, he's just fine? It's just a little bit of a speaking issue? Or do they believe there's a cognitive impairment? They know there's a problem now. And the reason I know they know there's a problem now is because this week they finally release another medical report from their doctor. Uh, They've been unwilling to talk much about his medical progress. He had that very bizarre interview you mentioned with Dasha Burns from MSNBC, which was devastating for him because she said off the top very casually, and they're furious with her for saying so, he can't understand casual conversation. What you need to know about that interview, if you don't, if you don't know that interview setting, she sets that up and explains that while he couldn't understand their conversation offline before the interview began, the only way he could understand her was through the help of a monitor, uh, closed captioning. And that's, in fact, true. That's how he's going to debate Oz next week. The one debate he's agreed to is with the condition that he'll have a monitor so that he can read everything transcribed as it's said. Now, that clip you just showed of his wife, the reason we don't see him a lot and why it's so devastating is when we do see him and he's not reading from a monitor, what you just witnessed was, I can't understand what you're saying to me, so my wife has to interpret it for me. That's what you just watched in real time. That's People sit, People are having to consider sending him to the United States Senate? I think not. And so now we know why for months it's been carefully uh, – he doesn't take interviews. He runs off on the right, bus right. and runs away. So this is this, devastating. This, Just the wrong but it, it, it puts us into a, a unique part, too, because the Democratic Party is still running him, and they're running him on the Joe Biden presidential election timetable, which was do it in the basement. Yeah. Don't get out there. Don't be engaged. And so many times, and we, we just heard uh, bef- just earlier this week that Joe Biden has been very upset about press conferences that Joe Biden has been allowed to do, leading more to more questions about uh, whether or not Joe Biden is 100% okay. But we'll stick with Fetterman uh, for now. When this happens, there's a question of how, how it is perceived. When you have the spouses interjecting on behalf of the candidates, because we're not electing the spouses, we usually avoid the spouses and we're talking about uh, the candidate themselves. How do Democrats in Pennsylvania uh, go about with a straight face saying everything's fine when it is obvious that it's not fine? And what are the voters telling you? Yeah, I think, you know, Trafalgar stumbled onto something kind of interesting that I I. I hate predictions. I don't make them. I really hate them because, you know, what good does it do us to make predictions only to look like jackasses the next day? Right. But I'll say this. I have a sense that there are going to be an awful lot of people either setting this out 
just not participating in this election or are going to vote for Oz and it will surprise us. So this storyline that we've been told that Fetterman's competitive, that it's tight, that it's neck and neck, uh, I don't. I don't believe it. At least I don't want to believe it. Now, maybe I'll be surprised and it'll be razor thin and we're going to be counting ballots uh, in Pennsylvania again for another week after the election. But my sense of it is Trafalgar said there's something called submerged voters out there. That is people that don't want to identify as Republicans, right. you know, don't like pollsters bothering them, and they just won't admit how they're voting or even who they're voting for. And so it wouldn't surprise me, much like Joni Ernst um, in Iowa in 2020, Susan Collins in Maine, both of whom were polling under or neck and neck throughout a race, and both of them won by almost double digits by the time the vote was counted. My hope, my hope is that was, that's what's going to happen with Oz when the votes are counted. Talking to Chris DeGaul, a radio host extraordinaire on AM 990, The Answer, out of Philadelphia. What Trafalgar referred to there was what he referred to as the submerged Trump voter, which I kind of extrapolate out because I think it's actually much less about Trump. That's my take, that we're talking about the shy right voter. And the amount of people on the political right who will not, it's not even a question of being honest with with, with the pollster. They won't answer the pollster at all. And I, I think it was Kathahi. Uh, I, I can never get his name right. Um, his point was, was that we can't get an actual take of yes. where the political right is. So every time you look at a poll, and even if you see somebody in the left uh, ahead by two points or three points, we think we're going to be we think we're shy in our reporting four, five, six points. So that clearly is already a lead uh, for Republicans. That was the point that he made. I'm with him. I think that we saw this uh, in, in 2016. I think we saw this in 2020. I think it's ever more present in 2022. People won't answer a pollster. There's no way they can get this polling correct. That's exactly right. Haley is who I think you mean. The guy from Trafalgar, right? The bow tie guy. There it is. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's it is a great point. It's an important one, and uh, I will say also that it's telling to me that Joe Biden came to Pennsylvania yesterday uh, because he's not going out to many places. Most people don't want him around. And Fetterman and Shapiro, who's running for governor in Pennsylvania as well, Shapiro wasn't around, by the way. Fetterman was there. He was there for Fetterman. Now, what does that mean to me? What does that tell me? That tells me not that they view him as a uh, poison anymore, which he is, and most Democrats don't want him around. What he symbolizes to me is we need our base out. They don't I don't think they have Tony. In my view, I don't think Democrats are going to get their base in places like Philadelphia turned out. I think that traditional black vote um, or maybe that lower socioeconomic vote that they've always kind of depended on is theirs. Yeah, it's chaos. It's Mad Max and the Thunderdome in Philadelphia. It's bad. And Democrats run it all. And I think most people regardless of their politics, know it. And so at a bare minimum, are they going to enthusiastically jump in for Republicans? Maybe not. But are they enthused to go out and vote for Democrats? Certainly not. I think Fetterman and Democrats know it, and they're actually just scared they're not going to get their base. That's yeah, it, it, it's interesting to hear you talk about this idea of they may sit home, right? That's the part that I, I'm, I'm finding a little bit interesting. What's the point of it? Because I haven't seen, a, you know, from my observation outside of looking in, a, a uh, enthusiasm gap on, on Shapiro uh, running for, for governor there, who seems well in hand to beat the living snot out of Mastriano, Doug Mastriano, the Republican. I guess anything's possible, but I haven't seen a lack of enthusiasm in that. They, they, they vote for governor and then go home. That's possible in Pennsylvania? 
Um, I don't know. I mean, there's another poll out today from um, something called Insider Advantage and Fox 29, which is the local Fox affiliate in Philadelphia. They surveyed 550 likely voters. It's a margin of error of 4.2%. And in their polling, uh, Shapiro is now leading Mastriano by seven. And uh, 6% say they are still undecided. So as far as I'm concerned, if this poll is accurate, I think that race is much tighter than we're being told. So Shapiro has all the money in the world. He has the name ID. He's been a professional politician since he was a county commissioner in the Philadelphia area. So uh, he's the wonderkind. He's the do no wrong. He's literally not granting interviews. He's just kind of coasting. He's got gazillions of dollars. They're slick ads. Yeah, Mastriano's kind of running a guerrilla campaign. It's rough. It's uh, not nearly as moneyed. But the fact that it's competitive, again, tells me, and the fact that Shapiro is spending so much time trying to define Mastriano as an insurrectionist and, you know, they're going at the abortion angle and better, you know, Shapiro's touting his record on a cop endorsements. I mean, we are one of the worst cities and states for crime in the country, yeah. if not the worst now on homicides. Fetterman and Shapiro are the same guy. Lawless cretins. I mean, it's wait, a, wait, wait, wait a second. Take a look at this. Yeah. Tell me that Shapiro and Fetterman are the same guy. Uh, I should say politically, not physically. No, Fetterman's an oaf. He's an ogre. You know, I put, you know what, that, that picture that you just showed. So I was sitting around all day yesterday trying to figure out what does that remind me of? What does that remind me of? And all of us in the 90s who came up as kids, you'll remember the movie The Mask, Jim yeah. Carrey. Remember the bad guy, Dorian? You have it posted on, on, on your Facebook page. I saw that earlier yeah, today. I, I, all day, I thought, who does that remind me of? That neck, that freak? Like, do they make a shirt collar that wide, that big? Because if you've seen him profiled, I mean, it was Tucker that crafted the nickname Fetter Neck. He's got a, there's some kind of, I don't know, it's like a pumpkin-sized gourd on the back of his know. neck. So I don't know how it's a kind and, you know, I got people that say, stick to the issues, Chris. Don't make fun of him. Okay, let me stick to the issues for a second. This SOB, Tony, was part of an administration that locked down our schools, locked down my church, got people killed. He wants to release a third of the prison population. He wants to legalize all drugs. He has never made an honest day's living in his life, and that's not a joke, until he became the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania and took taxpayer money uh, as a salary. This guy is worthless from top to bottom, and he's destroyed a lot of lives. I'm personally about as vengeful and angry at him and the Democrats of Pennsylvania as I've ever been as a voter. So if I want to make fun of the fact that he looks like a circus freak show, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do so unapologetically because that's me being kind. Before I let you go, I got about two minutes with you. Talking to Chris DeGaulle, of course, radio host, morning man in Philadelphia, AM 990, The Answer. What is going on with Oz? How is Dr. Mehmet Oz with all his camera-ready skills, and he's got a fair amount of likability, maybe not a super amount of likability. How is he losing to this guy? Well, if he is, <laughs> right, based on polling. It's a complicated question. Um, he has a problem with the base. He's a real problem with the base. Um, things got very ugly for him in a contentious three-way primary, as you remember. In fact, I think we might have talked about that back when he and Kathy Barnett and uh, a guy called Dave McCormick were running. Kathy Barnett surged. Um, very impressive lady. Um, happens to be a black woman. And, and by the time she took the debate stage with Dave McCormick and Dr. Oz, who were very moneyed and kind of the two guys going at it, 
Kathy surged in the 11th hour, and then Oz and McCormick, but really Oz really turned on her. And Kathy had the hardcore conservative MAGA base behind her. And there's so many people that are still very angry at Oz over that and mistrustful. There's a lot of hurt feelings through that Republican primary, and they've, they've not come home to Oz. Um, I think they will. Uh, I hope they will. They have to. We all have to, no matter what you think. Um, and look, right. we're replacing Pat Toomey, who impeached Donald Trump, a Republican, right? So Pennsylvania Republicans are a mess. They always have been. Uh, we conservatives are very frustrated because we never really feel like we're well served. But Fetterman is not an option. So you got to come home and vote Oz. That's his problem in a nutshell. That right there is Chris Stegall. Find him at ChrisStegall.com. That's where you find all his good stuff right there. ChrisStegall.com, uh, AM 990, the answer over there in Philadelphia. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us, man. Great to see you, Tony. Absolutely. This race is going to be a thing. It is a thing. It will continue to be a thing. I it, it, it's it's one thing to say he's not my favorite Republican in, in Dr. Oz. It's another thing to say he's so not my favorite Republican. I would rather have the guy who cannot understand the sentence being asked of him. That's a fundamentally different thing altogether. We've got more to get to find everything. TonyCats.locals.com. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. <laughs> judgment and we will bloom the biden administration ends on the eighth evening of the eighth of november and let me be let me some other thing is that the department of justice merrick garland will end up being the first attorney general that's brought up on charges of impeachment and he will be removed from office thank you very much that's steve bannon right there sentenced to four months in prison for contempt of congress I have absolutely no idea whether or not Merrick Garland will be removed from office. I could, with Republicans having control of the House and Senate, see impeachment. I could also see that for uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security uh, Secretary. Oh, a fair amount of that is, is possible. It is uh, surprising that um, Bannon got sentenced. I don't know. It's, it, 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 there's a difference between whether or not I think it's surprising and whether or not I think it was warranted. I don't have in front of me the data of how many people have been in contempt of Congress and have gone to jail. I'm saying that off the, off the top of my head, at this moment, I cannot think of any. There, therein lies the difference. Bannon was released uh, pending appeal. If he doesn't make an appeal, he has to surrender to uh, the 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 court uh, by November fifteenth. Uh, the Justice Department wanted six months and a two hundred thousand dollar fine. Uh, Bannon gets four months and a sixty five hundred dollar fine. Which in which time I assume he will do nothing more than write a book. And make about $2.2 million on it. That's going to be my take. Um, Bannon saying, I want to say one thing. I respect the judge. The sentence he came down with today is his decision. 
I've been totally respectable, respectful to this entire process on the legal side. Remember this illegitimate regime. Their judgment day is on the 8th of November when the Biden administration ends. I want to thank you all for coming. Steve does not change, man. Does not at all. More to get to. This is Tony Katz today.